Please welcome to our morning show microphones Dr. Michael Osterholm, who is becoming a frequent guest. He's an epidemiologist, regents professor, and doctor of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota, and an advisor to President Joe Biden. He's also author of the book, Deadly is Enemy, Our Way Against Killer Germs that Explore Health Emergencies. Uh, frequent guests, as I mentioned. Welcome, Dr. Michael Osterholm. Coco Golf is out at the Olympics. Should the Games be suspended given the worldwide participation from athletes from everywhere? Well, first of all, Freddie, thanks for having me. It's always good to be with you, and I appreciate very much this outreach that you helped provide us to talk about COVID. Yeah, it's a very critical one in our community, so thank you. It's, it's our uh, pleasure. It, it means, means a lot. Um, at this point, the Olympics is going to be a challenge. Uh, as you uh, are aware, I've been... Uh, advising the uh, International Olympic Committee and uh, the World Health Organization over the past two months about the challenges with the Games and raising these very concerns that uh, bringing all these people together with uh, uh, only some vaccinated, we still don't even know who's been vaccinated and who's not, Mm -hmm. uh, that we're in the middle of this worldwide uh, upsurge in cases related to the Delta variant, uh, that this was going to be a challenge. So none of what's happening right now is a surprise, but it's terribly unfortunate. I think you're going to see major disruptions to the games with people either found to be positive for the virus, hopefully they do well, uh, or, in fact, people who are exposed to people who have the virus who then are in quarantine and unable to participate in their events. So I, I think that this is going to be a, a challenging couple of weeks. Well, everybody, we're talking with Dr. Michael Osterholm, epidemiologist on our program this morning. Coronavirus cases are soaring. I don't have to tell you that with the unvaccinated accounting for 97% of most of the new cases. All but South Dakota, Wyoming are reporting upticks. Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri are among those reporting the highest number of cases. Yet, doctor, many people, including those of color, still have hesitancy in taking the vaccine. Is there a need to rethink strategies to help people overcome the mistrust or even complacency with regard to potentially life-saving vaccines in general? Uh, You know, you said it very well. (laughs) I should be interviewing you. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, at at this point, Freddie, you know, the problem we have is we have over 100 million Americans who have not yet been vaccinated or have not had the infection and are are highly vulnerable to this virus this is a this particular delta variant is highly infectious uh it will find you if you're not vaccinated meaning that in this community the transmission is so that that you'll find it and we surely have pockets in our own state right here if you look at the uh, five counties in kind of central Minnesota, Clearwater County, only 43% of those who are 16 and older have had even a single dose. In Todd County, it's 45%. Pine County, 46%. Mille Lacs and Morrison County is 47%. So believe it or not, uh, those are actually some of the highest risk areas, uh, uh, often white middle class uh, individuals who are not getting vaccinated. Um, we surely need to do more outreach in the communities of color, uh, the BIPOC community in general. Uh, those activities are going on. But I think the important point to get across to people is that we, we knew right up front we'd have those we call vaccine affirmative. They couldn't wait to get it. Uh, they wanted it. In fact, it couldn't get to them fast enough. Then we have a middle group we call vaccine hesitant. These are people of real legitimate concerns, pregnant women, 
you know, young black men who have been told over and over again about how the government experiments on them and based on Tuskegee and so forth, they have every reason to be concerned. And then we have those who are concerned about the fact that there may be some other immune problem that occurs getting the vaccine. And that, that group we need to work with a lot. Then there's the vaccine hostile, the third group. These are the people who truly, in many cases, don't believe that COVID's real. Uh, they don't believe that the vaccines are, in fact, uh, safe at all, that this is a government experimentation to inject genetic material into you, which is absolutely not true. And so I think our job right now is is really focused on that middle group. We're not going to get the vaccine hostile to change. We're vaccine affirmative already there. And so it is really important to get outreach. And, you know, it's of interest to this particular community here. On Friday of this week, we're actually having a, a webinar at the University of Minnesota uh, from the Consortium Health Law and Values in which we're talking about vaccinating at the University of Minnesota and the idea of mandates and so forth. And one of the speakers is Dr. Stephen Thomas, who is a leading black public health educator in this country at the University of Maryland and a tremendous man. And he's developed a program in Maryland, which we hope to export around the country, involving black barbers and black beauticians, where they are provided with extensive information. They become really just outstanding sources of factual information in the community. And, you know, when you got somebody sitting in the barber chair, you know, you got them at that point. <laughs> and so they have had really tremendous success with over time, not, not one hit. You know, it, it takes time. But people who three or four months ago said, no way am I going to get that vaccine, are now getting vaccinated. And what we need to do is more unique outreach programs like that I'm that sorry. recognize the issues, the culture, and so forth. And that's what we need to do. I see a friend of mine, uh, Tito Wilson, on Broadway Avenue, uh, Shots at the Shop, and he's doing that very same thing Fridays and Saturdays through the end of August. And w when you look at that type of activity, uh, Dr. Osterholm, yep. then you think about the five Democrats who visited with the vice president, and the vice president, as we understand, has been vaccinated, yet uh, she went in to Walter Reed for testing and so forth. And I just read uh, a memo that says if you uh, save time, get two shots, then you don't have to go get tested. But why get tested when you've already been vaccinated and the, the, the vaccines are supposed to be uh, safe against the different uh, variants? Well, in fact, remember the vaccines are 90 to 95% effective, okay. which is really good for a vaccine. So if you vaccinate millions and millions of people, even 1% or 2 or 3% who then still have an illness, uh, even though they've been vaccinated, you know, are, are some important numbers. Uh, but the overall factors of getting vaccinated means that you are highly protected against getting any disease. And for some that do get disease, that very small number, it is a much milder disease. Uh, now, where we see some exception to that are in the much older population. If you look at the number of severe illnesses and even some deaths and people who have been vaccinated, they typically are in people well over age 65, often elderly, where their immune system is just such that even with the vaccine, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. We've seen that with influenza. We know that that happens there. But for the average younger person who gets vaccinated, uh, the vaccines are actually highly effective in preventing severe disease, hospitalization, and deaths if they do fail at all. But for the majority of us, by far, 90-some percent, the vaccines do protect us completely. Doctor, if this Delta variant continues its wave and more people become ill or die, do you predict a need to return to COVID restrictions like in 
L.A. County where mask mandates have been reinstated in just the last couple of days? You know, I don't think society will go back there. I think L.A. County is going to have a tremendous problem. Uh, It's not that I want people to get infected. I hope people wake up and understand why it's important to get vaccinated, why distancing still can be a very important part of responding with this Delta variant. But I just think from a practical standpoint, uh, we're already seeing in L.A. County, for example, uh, refusal by law enforcement to enforce the mask mandate and that, uh, you know, there are very few teeth otherwise to get people to do it. So what we have to do here is really, uh, you know, work hard with the community to understand, you know, if you get infected with this thing, the potential outcomes are horrible. I mean, look what's happening right now in some parts of the country. First of all, all, all 50 states are seeing increases in cases and some of the major increases. And where the first states really have been hit hard, particularly Missouri and, and uh, Arkansas, I mean, their intensive care beds are filled. They don't have any room left. They're overrun. And that's going to play out in many other places. We're seeing it now in northern Florida. We're seeing it in other southern states where vaccine levels are even lower. But as I just shared with you here in Minnesota, you know, we've got pockets here where we can see major outbreaks yet occur with this Delta variant. And remember, this thing is highly, highly infectious. Well, our final thought this morning, I'm sitting in your doctor's office what would be your best statement to me? Maybe I'm hesitant. Maybe I'm hostile. Uh, maybe I'm accepting, but I haven't gotten the, the vaccine yet. What would be your final thought? What would be those words that you would share with us? I would say go talk to Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, seriously, we, we've got to have peer support in our communities, leaders in the communities that are not getting vaccinated. It can't just be, you know, people like me, Okay. You know, who, who am I to be credible? You know, most people don't you know, have no any idea except I'm some professor at the university. It's really working with our communities, making sure that the information is there, making sure that that it's, it's uh, accessible in a way that people can understand it. And I think that that's the powerful message. And then it's time. Don't expect one visit's going to make a difference. It's a process. That's why the Black Barbers, Black Beauticians program is so important. It's time. This time, we'll give you this information this time. I've watched young black men who four months ago were adamantly against getting the vaccine, who've been working in Big Mike's uh, barbershop, for example, getting their haircuts out there in Maryland. And you know what? Uh, just two weeks ago, 30-some of them got vaccinated while at the, at, at the shop. These are people who weren't going to get vaccinated before. So it, no, it's going to take time. We don't have a lot of time with this virus circulating like this right now. But this is the kind of work we need to do with the community. The community has to have the voice. They have to have the support. Dr. Michael Osterholm, thank you for being with us this morning. Anytime. I appreciate it, Freddie, and keep up the good work. Thank you. We'll do our best. Thank you for your work. Take care. Yes, sir. You too.